I attended Catholic schools from third grade through my senior year in high school. Uh, then I had a bit of rebellion, perhaps, and did not go to Catholic college. But my two closest friends from high school went to Marquette University, which is a short jaunt on I-95 West, which is north in, in Chicago. And we frequently visited each other's campuses, and we even sat in on each other's classes. And I recall with real vividness the first time I sat in on a class at Marquette. I was struck almost immediately upon entering the classroom by the presence of a crucifix on the wall. And uh, I had not been out of Catholic school that long, but I had already gotten used to a classroom without a crucifix. It's easy to lose track of familiar things, especially when you're young. Uh, but this wasn't familiar to me, having a crucifix in the classroom. I'd be tempted to say that it was a distraction, but in fact, I recall it differently. It was a reminder of the purpose of the education that we were to receive. Education was not understood as simply a tool for getting more out of life or for gaining the power to manipulate the world according to my own wishes. Rather, it was part of a whole process of opening myself up to know the person who claimed to be the truth. And this person was by no means a mythical character. His historical reality is attested to by this cross, which was a well-known symbol of imperial Roman power. In the context of the classroom, the presence of the crucified Christ on the cross reminds us of a goal beyond ourselves, and indeed a goal that's beyond this very world. A crucifix has another effect. Uh, all of us go through difficult and painful times, and uh, probably for most of us, some of these times happen during college. And at these times, many of us are inclined to self-pity. There's a temptation to turn inward, to focus on my suffering, to become self-involved or even self-obsessed. The Israelites, wandering in the desert, were overcome several times by this temptation. Poor us. We had it so good back when we were slaves. By instructing the people to gaze on the serpent, God invites those who are suffering to gaze outward instead of inward, to gaze at a concrete object and turn their attention, if possible, for a moment, away from the pain of the venomous bite that one's suffering from. And this opens us up to understand suffering in a new way. Suffering itself is neither constructive nor destructive. Friedrich Nietzsche claimed that that which does not kill makes us stronger. Uh, but this is only one possibility. Suffering can, after all, make us bitter, can make us vengeful and even violent, resentful. And it's only when we can see some goal beyond the suffering, some reason, some, some reason to stick it out, uh, some sense of the larger world and my place within it, then suffering can be undertaken in a way that it is redeemable. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, who inspires and perfects our faith, the Apostle says in Hebrews. And so our Lord offers the same advice to Nicodemus this morning. If we turn our eyes to Jesus, lift it up on the cross, and believe that there's a reason for all of this, believe that our suffering can be the means by which we enter into eternal life, a life of true love. 
We cannot escape from the cross, said St. John Vianney. What then have we to lose? Why not love our crosses and make use of them to take us to heaven? To say yes to love is to embark on an adventure of the soul and entry into the mystery of the real, since reality is a creation of God who is love. And once we have set off like the Israelites in the desert, we find that things aren't always going to be easy. We discover many hidden selfishnesses that we would rather not admit. We discover that others can be refractory and stubborn, as can we. The reality of sin and negation is the reason that today's celebration centers on an instrument of suffering. When we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, we're looking at a man like ourselves who is bruised and broken, who said yes to love, to love us to the end. And we behold here on the cross not a God scolding us for our failures, but the very embodiment of a love that wants to share all of life with us, even our sufferings, maybe especially our darkest moments. This is the love that we are called to embrace and imitate. And I called it an adventure, and so it is. And no adventure worth the name ever comes without a cost. Our monastery celebrates its 31st anniversary today. It is a day that for me and for all of us monks is full of great joy and gratitude to God. The project of founding a monastery comes with plenty of adventure. You can ask any of us. May God be pleased to grant us more of it. May God be pleased to grant that we, monks, oblates, and friends of the monastery, may grow in love and imitation of Jesus Christ, to whom be glory and honor forever and ever. Amen.